It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Now that's a sale by Bird To the sports chumps right here at 88.1 FM WELH Providence. My name is Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. You are listening to the Sports Chumps Season 2, Episode 6. We got a lot in store for you. We're hot, hot, hot. Got a big, 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 big announcement coming up. Okay. We are hotter than a piece of sizzling right now. We're going to leave it at that. All right, we got some uh, MLB talk. We have some NHL talk. We have a uh, little retirement talk. We got the top sixes in sports, our opinions. We have Trump of the Week, this day in sports history, and our uh, local flavor, Dean the Dream. He took the weekend off. So, Dean the Dream, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, pal? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> uh, just a quick, uh, yeah. a quick uh, mention. Uh, I walked in the house upstairs, yeah. and I know. I probably shouldn't say this, but I noticed that you had two liter Coca-Cola bottles lined up perfectly on the counter. God, I knew you were going to... Is know, there a reason for I that? I knew you were going to notice that. No, so I did a little quick shopping earlier, and I didn't get I mean, a they, are, they are perfect. They are like... No, I you, know. It's like you got the triangle out on you. They're they perfect. Are, they are lined up, and I, that was just a fluky type of thing. I Just the way I am. I didn't get a chance to wipe them down yet. I like to wipe my stuff after I, after I shop. It's Let me a, ask you a question. It's from the pre no, it's from the pre-COVID thing. If, what? if I go upstairs and open the closet, right, is everything like pulled forward and faced correctly toward you? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. This is sick. This is sick. sick. It was co- and Kate, sick. Not that my mother's ever going to listen, but it was Coke Zero, just so she doesn't think I'm drinking the regular Coke. It's the no oh, you're sh- not drinking see, the Oscar. No sugar. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, could just, I just want to go take a picture of your closet. It's like perfect problem. When you say closet, what closet are you talking about? Well, the closet where my clothes are? I one time when I had to fix yep. your Cox cable. You opened the closet and it was all the red gitteries, but it was like a perfect picture. Right. All in order, facing correctly, pulled forward like you were stocking the shelves that stop and shop. Right. So obviously you have the closet where all the alcohol is. You have the closet where all the Gatorade is. You have the closet where all my clothes are. And of course, it's just me. So everything is, is somewhat lined up. All right. Let's, we'll get beyond that. Okay. How's the week, Ben? <laughs> It's okay. How about yourself? It's just okay. I know you're just okay. Yeah. yeah. I I've you know, it was a good weekend. I had a nice weekend good. actually. I had good. a nice I had a nice You had a new re- bar back. I noticed little Keanu Reeves, no more Bar Bobby Darren beyond the sea. I missed that kid. Yep, okay. He'll be back Friday. And of course yep. you came in and took care of me after a little incident on Friday. You mm-hmm. got me you got me back to Alcott Drive where I needed to be. Yep. I appreciate that as Everybody a good friend. Knows you live now. That's yep. okay. So it's all good here on the chumps. And um yeah, I had a great Saturday night and a, a nice quiet Sunday with the family. 
And I'm back to the grind tonight on a, you know, doing our show on a Tuesday, which of course will be on ELH on Thursday. So all right. it's, it's all so good. Gonna, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. We actually do. Uh, we're going to start off with famous number sixes in sports. And as always, Mikey Nails goes first, unless you want to switch it up. Mm-mm. All right. I got one. I got one in there that I'm going to probably throw you off that I didn't mention. You probably forgot about him, but I'm going to go. And you tell me if the one that I think is going to throw you off, I'm not positive if he's a number six, so I could be wrong. That's okay. All right? So, obviously, the first number six that comes to mind is Bill Russell. Yeah, of course. We met, we, we gave him some run last week. Just passed away at the age of, um, I believe it was 88. He had a wonderful life, 11 titles in 13 years. I don't think there is a number two because there's, there's too many numbers between Russell and the next guy because Bill Russell is the greatest number six of all time, 11 titles in 13 years. So I think you and I agree with that. Let's already move on from that. LeBron James is my number two. This isn't in no particular order. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's LeBron fine. LeBron James. And, and you know what, Niels? This one's crazy because people say, wait a minute, LeBron wore 23. Yes. Miami. He wore 23 with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He wore. Tw- he, I think he's wearing 23 right now with the Lakers. Or maybe he's back to six again and he gave it to Unibrow. I'm not even sure. But he did wear six in a short stint when he was those four years he was with the Miami Heat and they made it to the finals all four seasons. So we know he wore it. And it is, and it is valid and it is relevant because he did win two championships championships in Miami wearing the number six but to me if you were to say Dean uh you know dream well what is LeBron's number to you what do you see him as I see him as 23 of course just like we talked about it before I, see, I always see LeBron James as a Cleveland Cavalier I agree with you so, and of course we saw of course we talked about Kevin Garnett last week yeah he won the championship with the Celtics and I get the little like goosebumps when I think about you know coming over with PS and Allen and doing his thing and he won number five but at the end of the day, KG wore 21 for the bulk of his career. So it's all about what you did at that time and where it's relevant. But LeBron did wear six. All right. Uh, the next one is Julius the Dr. Irving, Dr. J. Nails, you ever remember, like, if you remember the video and the sound bites from the, from the old broadcasters, and not, not even the broadcasters, the, um, the PA announcers, yeah. when they used to announce the starting oh, lineups. Yeah. And, of course, the guy in Philly, and I don't know his name, he's long deceased, but he was tremendous. And I remember he used to go, Julius the Doctor Irving, and nobody did it like him. He was just special. And, of course, the Celtics had the guy called Andy Jick. I don't think anybody should ever do it. Don't ever do that again. Just let that guy do it. All right, early innings here on the Chumps. Season 2, Episode 6. Dream gave it a bid. Not it's even just, close what the guy did in Philly no, at the... You sounded at, like one of the guys in the Muppets. At the Spectrum. I couldn't get it done, but I gave it a bid. Struggling a little bit. But, of course, Julius Irving, he wore number 32 in the ABA when he was with the New Jersey or New York, whatever the Nets were back then, the Squires. He was on a couple of teams. Squires. But when he was with the, the Sixers... Virginia Squires? Yes, yeah. absolutely. But when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers and helped that team with Moses Malone win the title... In 82, 83, four, he four, was four. number six. And, four, of course, four, four. we love Julius Irving. Came out of UMass. Uh, yeah, uh, Stan Musial. Of course, Musial, Stan, Stan Musial. And, of course, you and I were allowed to say that, we, you know, you and I discussed it last night, and you came up with some nice ones. You were right on point. And Stan the man, it probably would have came to my memory. I do have him on my list right now, but you and I discussed that one last night. Of course, played in the era with Ted Williams, one of the greatest hitters of all time. I think he had over 3,400 hits for his career. And, of course, broke Ted Williams' heart in 1946 when the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Boston Red Sox in seven games in the World Series. Avery Johnson. 
Yeah, of course, Avery Johnson, he was the little lefty in the point guard that like nobody wanted his whole career until he, he got comfortable with Popovich in San Antonio and led them to a couple of championships. Did a little bit of broadcasting in between some other coaching Coach, stints yeah. with the Dallas Mavericks and, of course, went to the University of Alabama for a while and coached his son, and now he's doing broadcasting again. Nice one, Nails. Porzingis. All right, I didn't have Chris Stapps pausing as one of the softest players in the NBA. They brought him over to Dallas from New York to go with Luka Doncic. That was supposed to be the Batman and Robin, and it never panned out. He's seven three, and he's always on, he's he's always on the in civvies. No, 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 no foot problems yet. It's just unbelievable. The guy's always hurt. I think he's in Washington now, playing yeah. with your boy Bradley Beal, yeah. who you think stinks. Uh, yeah. Stop. Okay. All right. My sleeper. Yeah. Is Steve Garvey. That's that's tremendous because that's like old school. That's like seventies. All those Dodger teams under Lasorda. He was the pretty boy with the hairy arms. He first got base? it done. First, first base and yeah. a great first baseman. And then of course his years. I look at him as a Dodger. Mm. But if you're a little bit younger, those mid eighties teams. He went to the San Diego Padres. Yeah, Padres. Was on that eighty four team that got smoked by Kirk Gibson and of course the Detroit Tigers. But uh, a really nice job and a nice pull on Gavi. I did not have that one. That's all I got. I mean, I could have more. No, you, you I could have more, but they're swill. All right, you did great. The so, other kid we were talking about was swill with the tattoo on his neck. What was his name? Yeah, well, yeah we were that talking about that name. last night. Yeah, swill, complete swill. Well, I said Gilbert Arenas, but he wasn't sexy. He came out, he came out of uh, 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 um, Cincinnati. Came oh, out. oh, yeah, Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon yeah. Martin. He was the number one pick yeah. in the draft. Yes, you you did mention him. Yeah. All right, I got a couple of guys. Of course, you know I have to go Red Sox here. Johnny Pesky, and you mentioned Pesky's, Pesky's poll, yeah. so he's relevant. Yeah. And, of course, from the 1967 Impossible Dream Team, um, he's Paisani, resonates with me. He's Italian, so I got to go with Rico Petroselli, a great Red Sox. And I don't if you say nobody cares. Like, no, uh, no, I, I don't right. care about it. Did Please, he get okay. hit in the head hard? No, that was Tony Conigliaro. Another Italian. That was Tony Conigliaro, and he was never the same after that. He got hit by Jack Hamilton. Actually, that that, that hit batsman happened in in, um, August of of, of 1967 when they were trying to get to the World Series, the whole thing. But anyways, um, I got a couple of more. So, of course, I had Russell LeBron. Um, You and I talked last night. Probably the worst guy on the list of sixes was Jay Cutler. He's utter swell, even though I think he married someone that was like halfway decent. ELH, ELH, ELH. Not an edit, but solid play. All right. And um, I'm going to give you one that nobody knows about. Nobody knows why I say it. Well, because I'm going to tell you something, because he changed his number. When the Yankees were just retiring numbers and had so many great players, you got to look at some of their guys. Look at all the numbers. You have number two ended up being Derek Jeter. Number three was Babe Ruth. Number four was Lou Gehrig. Number five was Joe DiMaggio, who you're going to hear about a little bit later. Number six, okay, Joe Torre, who won four championships as a, as a manager for the team. But that's not where I'm going with this. Number six, for a brief time in 1951, was the legendary Mickey Mantle. When he came up as a rookie, wore number six because all the numbers were taken before six. Mm-hmm. So he, he couldn't get any other numbers, so he went with six. Turned out he had this little thing with, with DiMaggio. He didn't get along with him. He didn't want anything to do with DiMaggio. They didn't get along. DiMaggio felt like, you know, here's the young kid coming up, taking my job the whole nine. Anyways, Mantle changed to number seven, and the rest is history. So Mickey Mantle wore seven for his career, and that was what ended up being retired was number seven. But he did wear six for a brief time. Two games? No, it was a little bit longer of a sample size. Now, he actually wanted to go home. Watch the movie 61. He actually wanted to go home. Hey, I'm going to stop you yep. in your tracks. Go ahead. I did speak to you the other night. I started watching that thing, The Captain on Derek Jeter, and I kept saying, all right, enough with Jeter. I'm going to say this. Remember, it's on HBO. You were like, enough, but I think you got, ho- you got hooked on it, didn't you? I got hooked until. Okay. Until. Yeah. His wife, who's from New York, who dated Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. did not know. This is her, this quotation marks. 
I dated Jeter, I don't know, for however many years. I did not know he played for the Yankees before that. She lived in New York. Okay. I, I, that's, I stopped okay. watching that. Yeah, right, right. So that's like that's like the equivalent of last week when you and I talked about the trade deadline and you saying that the Red Sox did Vasky dirty. And then I told you that, well, he was taking BP and then he didn't know he was. And then you said, I told you that, well, Cora said he didn't know. And you said, you really think Cora didn't know? You're, basically, I guess the moral of the story is you're going to tell me this girl didn't know that yeah, Derek Jeter stop. I stopped watching it. Stop it now. Like, I stopped you, watching you know, it. You know. You know. You know. Now you're insulting yeah. my intelligence. Yeah, I stopped don't know. watching it because why yeah. did they even put that on there? Stop it. She attractive? She's not ugly. I mean, out of a 10, I give her a 10. Well, yeah, I mean, during his, like, his single days, he had a little Madonna in there. Yeah. He had a little Mariah in there. Yeah. It was like he was... Right. Derek, I love Derek, Jeter. Derek Jeter was a class act. Yeah, he is. But stop, don't tell me you didn't only play for the Yankees. No, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on, I'm with you on that. You look Nielsen. foolish now. All right, go. so I've got one more left as we're having a little fun here on Season 2, Episode 6, Sports Chumps, Dream and Nails, always building the brand. Um, I'm going to throw a name at you that I'd be shocked if you knew. Um, it's a little bit of a trick. It's a little bit of a trick play. He's not a real, well, he actually was a real major league ball player. Have you ever heard of the name and anybody out there who can defy this? I know Delcar is usually on point. Um, I'm going to go with one more number six, Clue Haywood. No one knows who he is. Move on. I can't. I have to, I have to let you know who. I know Spencer Haywood. (laughs) <laughs> All right, last time we mentioned Spencer Haywood, there were issues, the school, I don't know, there was potential, like, I don't know, I got scolded, but all I was talking about was I was the, the show winning time, we're not on that. No, Clue Haywood, okay? Clue, Clue Haywood? Yes. I don't think anybody has a clue who Clue Haywood well, is. Well, first of all, first of all, in real life, yeah. this is what he, his name was Clue Haywood in a movie. Okay. His name in real life is Pete Vukovic, who actually won a Cy Young with the Milwaukee Brewers in the early 80s with Javi Wallbang as he played with your boy Paul Molitor and Robin Young. So this guy was legit, right. but he's but he's the... Wait a minute, because you're going to know this. I was I was watching it last night. I was watching it. I was watching it last night as I had no plans, okay? <laughs> E-L-H, E-L-H, E-L-H. I care. Everybody cares. Um, Clue Haywood was the first baseman in the movie Major League when, like, every time he used to come to bat against Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, he, he, yeah, but he used to go bridge off, off Wild Thing every time. Mm. Clue Haywood actually was a real Major League pitcher at the time. He was the guy that he said, like, you know, he threw at his kid in a, in a, in a father-son game. That's how mean he was. But in the movie, that's – and Vaughn couldn't get him out every time he'd go bridge against him, but that last at bat. Yeah. And in Major League One, he threw like 97, 99, and 101 to, th- to strike him out. It was great. Right. So, so Clue Haywood from, uh, from the movie Major League. Yeah. And don't be surprised in three more weeks if I throw another number at you that's from a movie. So this, this, we're not All done right. with this right. yet. Clue Haywood, is not even, shouldn't even mention them. Pete you, just, you had a good, good couple of AKA them. A.K.A. Pete Vukovic. Yeah, Vukovic. Yeah. Stop it. No one knows who Clue... And I don't mean Vucevic from no. the from the from the Monday Night Runs at the no, Boys Vucci, Club. Mike Vucci, not Vucevic. <laughs> Vucci. That's right, Mike Vucci. Clue, what's his name? Clue Haywood. I, yeah, I love. Hey, by the way, in the ninth inning, when when Willie Mays Hayes gets the infield hit, of course, played by um by yeah. Wesley Snipes, yeah. he goes. Did it pay his taxes? He, and, he, and I, you're right. He bottomed out. So of course, Clue Haywood goes going somewhere. Meet. He goes about ninety feet. <laughs> Clue Haywood. All right. No one cares. All right. No, 17 minutes into the chumps. Nobody cares. Sunny, it always comes out. Bronxdale. You had all good ones until Clue Haywood. Well, I have to see Jay Cutler was swell. I threw that out just to... Well, but they know him. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. 
But of course, there's not one. Maybe Del Clark because he's a nut. Okay, but anybody who loves baseball movies, and you and I have done a top ten on yeah. baseball movies. Hmm. It's one of the top five baseball movies of all time. Major Leaguers. Yep, and Clue Haywood played. Hey, he was in the. If you go back to our, our uh, prior yeah, no, podcast, no. he was in our top, top five. five. Yeah, yeah. And if, and it was a comedy, but it was still one of the top five. And he was he was the first baseman for the Yankees in that movie. And I remember the manager, uh, Lou Brown, saying, we're going to get that guy out one of these days. All right, we're 18 minutes in, Sports Chumps, Season 2, Episode 6. You're rocking with us on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. You can check out all of our podcasts up on our website. Our website is thesportschumps.com. Click on that Spotify link, and every single podcast is up there. If you don't like Spotify, just go to Google in the search bar, put in the Sports Chumps. We'll pop up. We're the first people that pop up. Any questions, concerns, or comments, please email Dean at thesportschumps at gmail.com. Moving on, uh, we have a very, very special person uh, who Dean and I both like that is retiring. A Hall of Fame pitcher, Dennis Eckersley, said Monday he'll be leaving the, he will be leaving the Boston Red Sox broadcast at the end of the 2022 season. Uh, Dennis Eckersley is a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's, a, he's a beloved Boston Red Sox player. Uh, he is great in the booth. His outspoken comments, his colorful uh, analysis, uh, he's going to be missed. And, um, you know, my only question was to you was who is going to replace him? Yeah, it's crazy. And obviously, of course, the late Jerry Remy, who passed away not even a year ago, um, they really haven't replaced him with one guy yet. And I believe that, of course, everybody loves to see Eckersley. He's a natural. But, of course, Eck never really wanted to do it full time, which is why he's leaving now, because he wants to go home to California and be there with his and watch his grandkids grow and his family. And he just wants to be more of a family guy. So I understand it and I get it. But I have been telling you for two or three years that he just, he's a guy that just wants to do it part time. And now he's decided he doesn't want to do it at all anymore. Um, they've been going with a rotation of Kevin. Kevin Millar, Kevin Euclid, and of course Eckersley to go along with the with the uh, play-by-play guy. Of course, is Dave O'Brien. So um, Eck, is, Eck can write his own ticket. It's whatever Eck wanted it to be. He's going to be about what, 65, 66. Uh, I think he's a little closer to seventy because tonight and during the broadcast, he talked about how he was fifty years fifty years in the in the game, and he was drafted by Cleveland like as a seventeen-year-old. So you're looking at, I'd say he's about 67, 68. So Eck, Eck has done everything you can possibly do in this game. He's humbled. They say he's the greatest guy off the field and not just in the broadcast booth. Um, here's a guy, of course, finished his career with the Red Sox late in his career, started with the Cleveland Indians, threw a no-hitter at an early age, moved on to play for the Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. and uh, had a great career, won 20 games in 78, and mm-hmm. then, of course, moved on, uh, and it was reinvented by Tony La Russa and Dave McKay over there and mm-hmm. um, uh, Dave Duncan in, in Oakland and mm-hmm. became one of the greatest closers of all time. But, of course, as a broadcaster, it is really tough to see a, a, to, to have this announcement now when you're in the midst of of a terrible summer for the Boston Red Sox at 54 and 56 and very soon to be 54 and 57. And you look at a guy like Eckersley who at least brings something to the broadcast with his little, like, you know, this guy's throwing salad and his Eckisms. It's going to be really, really difficult and a really tough way to, to replace. It's it's just strange that the Red Sox organization has fallen apart hard. Yeah. And now he's going. Yeah, it goes deeper than the players now because we're talking about front office and we're going to get into Cora a little bit later. And it just seems like, is it Bloom? Whose fault is it? And all of a sudden now, one of your top broadcasters decides to walk away. It's like, how many how many gut punches can 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 we take right now as fans? Because I got uh, some friends that were t- you know shooting shooting it out to me today and saying like, 
X about all I, I look forward to at this point. You know, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. So obviously, you still got 50 games left in the season. X still going to be there. He doesn't do all the games. So you might catch Eck maybe 25 of those games. So the end is near for Dennis Eckersley, who's an, an absolute icon and a natural at the job. He began with the with Nesson in 2003, did some, um, some studio work in 2009, joined the team, and of course, been helping out with all the uh, the illnesses with Jerry Remy, the late Jerry Remy. And of course, something I remember last year, uh, Nails, was being at that Yankees-Red Sox wildcard game where Jerry Remy's health was, was you know, the end was near. And of course, um, Dennis Eckersley um, actually caught the first pitch from Jerry Remy on uh, pregame of, of that, uh, that wildcard tilt. So he feels like he was blessed to have been with Remy right till the end, and I, they developed a real friendship and, of course, we're on that 78 team that lost to the Yankees in that one-game playoff. So they have a lot of history together. It's, it's just it's a lot, of, a lot of good moments, a lot of good memories. Another negative knock uh, to the Red Sox that just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm just going to go out and say it. Chris Sales completes well. He's, he's, he's a crumb. He's a zero. I can't say what else I want to say. I mean, he fell off his bike or whatever he did. He hurt his wrist. I just don't what know. What are you doing? I just don't know what I don't know what Stop else to it. say from here. I don't know. I don't know at what point do you go back and he you fell know, off your bike. You, you go back and you you know. You, I'm not saying you donate some of the money to charity, but at what point do you take that thirty million you make in a year and and do some good with it because you How just old is he? he's. Like thirty three. How do you fall off your bike? He hasn't earned a dime, so obviously the you know the I told you about the outing at Yankee Stadium last couple of weeks ago where he got hit in the hand, broke the finger. We all get it. Okay, fine, fluky injury. Now this guy goes out for lunch the other day on Saturday, falls off his bike and breaks his wrist. Where does it end here with this guy? He's paper thin, and of course this is not Heim Bloom. This is Dave Dombrowski who signed him to that five year one hundred and forty five million dollar deal. And we're still on the hook for it for at least two more years. I just don't know what else you do with this guy. And I don't want to hear he's going to be ready for spring training. I don't even want to hear it anymore. He has just been such a disappointment that he just cannot get on the field. And I told you, I would have been happy if we could have used him out of the bullpen just as a body. And now he's absolutely useless to the team in a year where the team is going nowhere anyways. All right, Sox on the bottom of the totem pole. Yankees are on top of the totem pole. But the Yankees did have a bad outing, a very bad month. Uh, yes, they finally had a, a losing month in July, Nails. And of course, they walked into St. Louis over the weekend playing those St. Louis Cardinals led by Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and the Yankees got swept in the series and they obviously bounced back on Monday night with a nice win over the Seattle Mariners on the road Josh Donaldson had four hits and Aaron Judge I believe hit his 44th homer but the Yankees have shown a little bit of a blip in their army here that like yeah, they're, they're human and of course Matt Carpenter on Monday night hit a ball off his foot and broke and fractured his foot so he's been a revelation for them coming over from Texas after he was waived he's, he's hitting about three change one of the top hitters in baseball all season and one of the best finds he may be out for the season so the Yankees have had a couple of injuries now with Severino on the disabled list Michael King the kid out of Hendrick in high school in Warwick he's done for the season with the fractured elbow so you're starting to see the Yankees maybe with a couple of injuries here Stanton's going to be back soon but the Yankees look right now like still the best team in baseball but they look human right now so so Aaron Judge is chasing Barry Bonds is that the youngest uh, player to hit the home runs of the earliest in the season I think it's earliest in the season not so much the youngest because when Bonds started putting up the home run numbers he was into his 30s when he yeah. hit the 70 change and I'll be honest with you I'm sorry I'm not acknowledging that because I we already oh, know juice. we know he was roided up so yeah. I don't consider what he did anything okay no. but Aaron Judge looks like he's going to run away and hide with the MVP 
Okay? He's been great, Mm -hmm. and he's been clutch for them, and I know you keep thinking that something's going to come out. I did think of you the other day. It's not what you said, but you keep saying every week that, like, you feel like somewhere along the line someone's going to get popped for something on that team that's, like, not legit, whether it's Judge, Stanton, or somebody else. But it was a a minor league player, a triple-A guy named Derek Dietrich, who was a journeyman. He played for the Cincinnati Reds, Seattle Mariners. He got suspended for 80 games or 50 games for a banned substance. So, yeah. Is it Dare Antler? Yeah. So, but obviously he's not relevant. It wasn't a big name. But, um, it, it, you know, as of, as of right now, Niels, you look at the, the way Major League Baseball is going right now, these these pennant races are heating up. Everybody's involved. you got the Baltimore Orioles, and of course, in the AL East, who are far ahead of the Boston Red Sox right now, which is absolutely... Absolutely just mind-boggling to see that the Red Sox are looking up at the Orioles. But you look at some of these races right now, everybody believes they have a chance to make postseason, and the Houston Astros look like they're closing in on the New York Yankees for that number one seed in the American League. on another level. Well, of course, and I'm glad you brought the Mets up, Nails. Uh, 26 minutes into the Chumps Subway series. series, we're going to see that? Well, yeah, it's very possible. And, of course, I'm going to tell you one thing. As great as the Yankees are, this could be Buck Showalter's year to finally get that first World Series championship as a manager. He's groomed a lot of teams, and he's never been able to be the guy to finish it off. And right now, they just got Jacob DeGrom back from the minor leagues. His minor league rehab assignment, he hasn't pitched in like almost a year. And he was throwing 101 the other night with some serious bite. Gave up a two-run home and a Dansby Swanson in the sixth, but still got the win. They're, they're ripping up teams right now, and they got like an eight-game lead on the, on the Braves. So look at the Mets right now. That one-two punch of Scherzer. And DeGrom, you find me two better pitches right now. You go into a postseason with those two guys. I don't I don't see anybody beating I mean, them right now. I said to you a couple of weeks ago that I believe that – I'm not saying that the um, Yankees are not good. They're tremendous. But I just don't see them winning the World Series. Yeah. I, I just – I don't and know I, what it is. And I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, they're going to have to go against Houston. They played Houston this year, and Houston played them well. So you look at that Astros team with Verlander, who's 14-3 and three right now. You look at that Astros team. I like the Astros right now, and they made some nice moves. They picked up Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. They picked up Trey Mancini in a trade from the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are competitive this year, and they traded their core guy – Trey Mancini was the kid who beat the colon cancer, got play, comeback player of the year. The kid's been, he's been a true Oriole all the way. I think what happened this year was the fact that a lot of people don't know this, that the Orioles moved the fences back in the outfield. So that's why his production went down as far as the power numbers. But as soon as he got to Houston, I heard he, he had a two home run game already with a grand slam. So he's back to being Trey Mancini again. I think that those two moves are going to really, really, really help. The um the Houston Astros give the New York Yankees a, a serious run in the uh in the postseason. But when I look at the National League and I love the Mets, as you said, San Diego Padres. Here we are a week after the trade deadline. Juan Soto's in San Diego. They walk into LA to play the Dodgers over the weekend. Everybody said the Dodgers didn't do much at the deadline this year, but of course the Dodgers go out and do what they usually do, which is lay the wood to the to the to the Padres and sweep them. They win. So it's like yeah, so it's like they just know how to win with Trey Turner and yeah. you know of course Mookie Betts who's having a great year. Yeah. So the, the the Dodgers seem to always step it up, and the teams that always seem to make the big moves don't seem to get over the hump. All right, any positive stuff on the Sox? Um, God, I'm so I'm looking at positives. I'm trying to say, like, obviously, this, you know, and I'm really reaching here because if, if they're going bad right now and everyone says, What's Heim Bloom doing? Well, well, I'm gonna look, well, I'm gonna look at this team and I'm gonna say, Well, at least down in the lower minor leagues, the kid Marcelo Mayer that they drafted number four in the draft last year, he just got he just got promoted to high A ball because he's been tearing it up. And the kid Blaze Jordan they drafted the year before, he's tearing it up. So, obviously, the plan is in place with Heim Bloom to develop the minor league system. 
I know that you're going to look at something that you're asking for positives. I'm more worried Cora about... Cora walking away. Yeah, I'm more worried about Cora not wanting to manage this team going forward. You blame him? No. No, because I'm looking at like situation where after the season, you're going to look at Bogart's opting out, JD's off the books, Avaldi's off the books, Vasky already got peddled. JBJ signed with the Blue Jays today, so he's history. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of missing pieces, and I'm going to say to myself, Alex Carr is making comments recently that he's not a guy that's going to manage 15, 20 years. He wants to see his kids grow up. So you're looking at a five-year window at Cora, and I think he's looking at this Boston Red Sox team and saying, why would I want to continue to manage this team? So he's obviously under contract for two more years. Um, I think that at this time next year, you're going to. I think he's coming back next year, but I think that there could be some movement going on there unless they revamp this roster. All right, that's a wrap with MLB. Uh, we're going to move on to NFL training camp. Uh, the Patriots' first home game is on a Sunday, 9.25. They're playing the Ravens. It's at 1 p.m. So they have a long time to show that they belong. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs going on right now. Uh, Mac Jones is, is complaining ups and downs. It's a growing. It's a struggle. He's saying that uh, they're gonna, he, they are going to grow under the new offensive staff. Uh, Dr. Football was recently at one of the uh, pre uh, what is it pra- practice? Yeah, practices. he was at practice last week, and, and, and he didn't. He said he they were struggling. According yeah. to yeah, more, more on the offensive side of the ball because they they're now now all of a sudden I don't know why they try to go to the to the Shanahan system now with a little bit of whether it's the West Coast offense. So it looks like they're changing the system. So now all these guys that you're expecting to be better this year after the free agent uh, signings of last year. These guys that you're expecting to be better in season two, you got to scrap all that and say everybody's starting from scratch now because they're putting in a new system. So I, it, it sounds to me like everybody's saying that the system's not working, and that of course you got you know you've got Matt Patricia who used to be the defensive coordinator. He's teaming up to to call plays on the offensive side of the ball. So there's just a lot, a lot of things going on. And it looks like right now that the Patriots uh, are not clicking, even though they begin preseason play versus the Giants on Thursday night. And it looks like a team that's not ready to play uh, to play, to play big-time football right now. So you now. had Mac Jones came in last year, had a pretty good year for a rookie. Now he's going to be upside down with this new this new offense. Yeah. That it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to myself either. Of course, you got some movement on the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, who's in a contract here, he's your left tackle. They're saying he's going to move over to the right side. And, of course, we talked to Dr. Football a couple of months ago. He said Cole Strange is that number one pick at 29 that's going to be a plug-and-play guy. So, obviously, he's going to come in and play. He's going to be on the left side, whether it's guard or tackle, whatever it is. And, you know, the Patriots have a lot of things going on right now. And, of course, there was some tempers flaring in practice the other day where Dave David Andrews, the heart and soul of the team, missed the season with the blood clot issue. He had a, 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 an incident with Christian Barmore on the defensive side of the ball. Both guys were ejected from practice. Fighting? Yeah, fight? They were fighting. And to be honest with you, the funny part is nails. Everybody's saying that this is the best thing that's happened in camp because it showed a little bit of life from the team. They haven't yeah. been looking good. So I guess they squashed it really quick. A little bit of a spark. Um, I, from what I heard, they looked a little bit better at practice today. Belichick's given them the Wednesday off. And, of course, they play the Giants on Thursday night. And, and like I said, it's been, a, it's been a real struggle so far in the first 11 practices of, the, of training camp. But before you know it, you're talking about games that count. And I think you were alluding to that game against the Ravens, which will be their first home game. Yes. They do have to play two road yeah, games to start the game. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course... Those are death traps. They're going to Miami in week yeah. one and the Steelers in week two at Heinz Field, which they never win in either one of those stadiums. We're going to get into the schedule as we get closer to the season. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's it, right now, I don't know what direction this team's going in, but I'm sure Robert Kraft's saying that this is a very important season. they got to start winning some football games. It's just kind of odd that Belichick would do all this after they had Mac Jones in the normal uh, offensive. Yeah. Uh, um, 
their normal offensive thing going on last year. Then they switch it up. Yeah, he changed the scheme. After he learned it all, they're going to just change it up on him? Yeah, and it sounds like, obviously, Who I'm not saying... It's Patricia, Joe Judge, is he part of it? Yeah, Joe Judge, yeah. Is, you know, who was a special teams coach before, and of course, Field is a Giants coach. He's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. So you're moving guys all over the place. Nobody knows what the structure is right now. Chemistry and all this I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm confused, and it seems like a lot of the experts are confused because I don't consider myself an expert. I don't know what direction they're going in right now. Um, when I look at that division, everybody got better. Even the New York Jets, they had a great draft. They had, I think, the fourth pick, and they had like a two top ten picks. But unfortunately, it seems like the Jets are the Jets, and they always have bad luck. Their top five pick from three years ago, the tackle, Makai Becton, he's out for the season, most likely, with a... Um, with a little uh, chip fracture in his kneecap. So obviously, if they lose him, that's a big piece on the line that would pr protect the quarterback, Wilson. So it looks like already bad luck for the New York Jets in a division where I think I told you this before, I don't think the Patriots are in any position to think that they're going to get two wins against the Jets this year the way, they've been, the way they're coming into this season. So everybody's relevant right now, and unfortunately, a, a tough blow for the Jets going into uh, to 2022. All right, that's a wrap at the NFL training camps. A couple of uh, RIPs this week. Uh, first one is uh, Vince Scully uh, passed away, RIP to Vince. And the second one is Olivia Newton-John, uh, RIP to Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, so I've, of course, let's do Olivia first. I mean, we think of her, we think of Greece, don't we? Yeah. Is that pretty much how Absolutely. you... All right, so we agree on that. Yeah. Of course. And I think she was very talented. She had some nice songs, yeah. but I equate her to Greece. And, yeah. you know, of course, at the age of 73, she's had... um. She she battled breast cancer for many many years from the like the early nineties. Mm -hmm. So she had a good run, you know. Considering she battled and she uh, she made the most of her life. She was a beautiful girl very, in her day. She very was very beautiful and very talented, natural. very natural. Yeah. So of course we lost Olivia, Olivia Newton John at the age of seventy three, mm -hmm. a pioneer, and of course Vin Scully who actually was still broadcasting games up until two years ago. I think mm -hmm. passed away at the age of ninety four. And when I think of Vin Scully. I, I think of him for many reasons. I love his voice, mm -hmm. and I love when he did games on um, on NBC with with uh, Joe Garagiola doing yeah. the you know the Sunday games, mm -hmm. Monday night Monday night baseball, whatever it was. Right. But when I think of Vince Scully, unfortunately, I can't help but to think of just one call. And even though he was a legend, I just think of one call, and I just I'm sick over it. Still, it's like behind the bag, and it gets through Buckner. Yeah. All right, Neil's stopping me in my tracks. We are 35, almost 36 minutes into The Chumps, Season 2, Episode 6. I tried to do an impersonation earlier. It got squashed, but I'm devastated still. We don't that need Mookie, to go. Any, no more negative stuff. Mookie, Mookie popped it through Buckner's legs. He couldn't stoop down. He had the high-top cleats on. It was ugly. Okay, yeah he, yeah, he couldn't get it done. Dave Stapleton always came in on defense, but McNamara wanted Buckner on the field for the, for the W, and it didn't happen. But I just remember Scully saying, oh, and then by the way, when Orozco, the last pitch that Orozco yes, threw, Orozco. he goes, fastball, got him. And then he goes, and then you see Boggs in the dugout with Tears, and he's like, you had a great series, Wade Boggs, but you came up, and he goes, but you came up a buck short. That was kind of lame. Yeah. But it was, but Scully was solid. Scully yeah, was still going. Man. Still going on. <laughs> Over. All right, Niels wants me to get over 86. I know the Sox have won four in the last 15 to 20 years, but you don't get over that. You don't get that one back. <laughs> I was 14. I was devastated. Mm. Hendo went bridge off Aguilera, and it wasn't enough. Shiraldi, yeah. he boned it. All right, ELH, ELH, ELH. All right, we but got some NFL, NHL talk. 
Yes. NHL, yes. quick NHL talk. Yes, yes, NHL talk. So, of course, the, beast. The, the Bruins came out of nowhere this week, actually, Nails. I mean, some good things happening. Yeah. And well, you've got, you got the guy that drinks his back. Yeah, well, so, so Jim, no, Jim Montgomery, he's on Pellegrino now, but he's the new head coach of the Boston Bruins. We thought it was going to be David Quinn, who I forgot to tell you last week, just became the new head coach of the San Jose Sharks. That's a Cranston native, by the way, okay? So David Quinn got a gig. But, of course, the Bruins bring back Patrice Bergeron, which we've already mentioned this, but they hadn't made it official for a while. So Patrice Bergeron comes back on a one-year deal for $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. He also couldn't earn another 2.5 in incentives. So Bergeron's coming back for a 19th year as a, as a Boston Bruin, which is great news for the Bruins. And, of course, a surprising move here was the fact that David Krejci, who everybody thought was going to come back at the end of last year, he had gone home to Russia or Czechoslovakia, wherever he was, he signs a one-year deal for peanuts. He gets elephants, one, more elephants. Yeah, more elephants, yeah. He gets $1 million. So they get Bergeron for two point five. You get Krejci for a million. And now you've upgraded your center position. Now he's a great second-line center. You can move Coyle, Charlie Coyle, maybe down to the third line. You've got Taylor Hall. You can do a lot of mixing and matching. Now you've got a little bit more depth. And now if Swayman makes another step in season two or three at, at goalie, now all of a sudden the team looks pretty good. I'm not saying they're a cup contender, but with a new coach and a new philosophy, Things may be looking up for the uh, for the Boston Bruins under Jim Montgomery in his first season as coach. So they're, 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 it's something to look forward to, and I think Krejci can still bring something to the table. All right, we're 38 minutes in. You're locked into 88.1 FM WELH Province. You're listening to the Sports Chumps Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, you can check out all of our podcasts up on our website. The website is thesportschumps.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments, you can email Mike Dean at thesportschumps at gmail.com. All right, next topic. Trump of the Week. Okay. Um, we already had this guy as Trump of the Week two weeks ago. He's complete swill. Doesn't even belong in the field. Uh, utter, utter, utter swill. Go ahead. I mean, Nails, i got to be honest with you. The thing that concerned me most about Jaron Duran, he was our Chump of the Week. I thought it was last week, but last week I think you ran with the um, Red Sox as an organization because they did Vasky dirty. That was it. Very but, the week, bad, yeah. but the week before was Jaron Duran for like yeah. for not going to get the ball after the Grand Slam where yeah. you didn't see it. And this then time, he went on, on the air and said, oh, Yeah, then he said, like, you know, I walk in my shoes, try to catch a ball in the twilight. All right, stop it now. Like, you, you're like their right is you're a ball player. They're not paid to go catch the baseball. You are. No, so yeah. learn how to do it. This guy doesn't know how to play center field in the major leagues. No. And I think they got a problem here because obviously what concerns me the most about the kid is he's not, you know, you see a lot of these kids make it to the majors at 21, 22. Maybe they're a little raw, a little young. This kid's 25 years old. He's been in the minors for three years. He did come up as a second baseman, so he had to learn center field. But if he doesn't know how to play the position by now, and it looks like he has no clue how to play the position, I don't think he's going to get better. I think he's terrible in the outfield. He did park one into Bonds' glove in the bullpen tonight, but I think this kid's a problem. He's hitting about 140 the last 20 games, and that's not even the problem here. This kid had a meltdown in Kansas City over the weekend. He misplayed two balls in the seventh inning in a game that was five to three. Sox were creeping back in trying to get a split in Kansas City. And all of a sudden, he started wanting to fight people that were in the center field in the stands. Now, mind you, there's a, it's like it's like going to see the Oakland Athletics. There's about 42 people in the stands. So it's limited on how many fights you can get into. But he almost got into a brawl with someone. The Robin Reds. He, well, he claims, yeah, he claims that some uh, fans were throwing bottle caps at them. There were no fans. The, the, the place was empty. All you saw was the waterfalls in center field in Kansas City. Okay? <laughs> but he misplayed two balls. So, of course, I see Carr in the dugout trying to talk to him. He's trying to talk him off the ledge. Probably telling him, you just can't lose your cool here. You just can't. 
Verdugo grabbed him by the like the neck and said, you just can't go after fans. It was a bad look, even though Verdugo did that in New York last year. But this kid's got a problem. You know, I think he's, he's, he thinks he's better than he really is, and I think he needs a wake-up call. Now, that's the whole thing you and I talked about with Cora, about like how, is there a problem? Well, is there, well, is there a problem between Cora and Bloom where he's saying, you gave me this kid who can't play. This is what, I'm going to run him out there. And I'm going to leave him out there, and I'm going to show you that like he can't play because a lot of the experts right now, the Merlonis and the people that I really respect in the in the in the industry, are saying that this kid's not he can't play the position. What are the Woosocks? He doesn't. I, you know what? At 25, I don't know if you even send them down. You just got to at some point you got to cut the losses. Go back groceries. Well, so, you know, so I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, Nails, because I just told you about the signing. Jackie Bradley Jr. signs a free agent deal for one year with the Toronto Blue Jays. Nice pickup, by the way, because defensively. And I know I pick on him, and I always say he swings at ear, so I don't want to be that guy that talks out of his mouth. Nails, for the first time in a while, concerned about the pen. The he pen looked, in the right hand. He looked down. I'm a southpaw, so he's wondering why the pen's in the left hand and not the right hand. <laughs> but if you're on Facebook Live, it is flipped, so it is in the right, even though it's the left. But no, if you, look at, if you look at the situation, I think JBJ fits a need for those Blue Jays because now... They're in a situation where George Springer, who's often injured, he just went on IR, so now on the injured list, you can put Bradley out there in center field with the turf in Toronto, and he can really help that Blue Jays team. My point is, why would you get rid of Bradley, who's an elite defender, when at least he could go out there and catch the ball? This kid, Duran, who's not hitting, can't hit the ball or catch the ball. So there's a lot of concerns right now, and I'm wondering like what the, the thing is. And obviously the kid's got a problem in the head because he hasn't answered the questions correctly in the in the post game. So right now he's chump of the week for the for the second for the two for the second time in three weeks. All right. Shout out to Serena Williams. Uh she's stepping back from tennis. She did say did she officially come out and say she was gonna retire? Or she just no, no, no. she said she said something to the effect of um how did she word it? I want she to spend time with my family. Well, she said I want to I want to grow my family and my business. So obviously she's one of those you know innovative type of people like the late Kobe Bryant was. They have other things going on after. So this she's sport. not retired. She's no, no. Away. She really said that the U.S. Open is probably going to be her last tournament. Okay, so she kind of did announce it without. She's not going to do a Brady, is she? No, but she's she's forty years old. Um, she's I call her the incomparable because I don't think there's anybody better than her. And and of course she's got twenty three Grand Slam titles, only second to Margaret Court who had twenty four. She was um. She was women's. I've never uh, even heard of Margaret Court. Yeah, from that was back when they had talking the, like Newport. That was way back in the day when they had the girls versus the guys, and she beat the the, the um the doing Jim days. Riggs or whatever his name was. I'm yeah. just saying. No, she was great. Sure, but, it wasn't badminton. So, no, Serena. Serena. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> stop it. Serena Williams was number one. Number one for 319 weeks. By the way, the most amazing thing was 186 of those weeks was straight, was consecutive. She was the number one player in the world. Okay. So she's 40 now. She's going to play the solid. she's going to play the U.S. Open, and I think she's the greatest female golfer of I'm golfer tennis player of all time, and possibly one of the greatest female athletes. Period of all time. Absolutely. I mean, I just think that she's the greatest. And well, I, you know, what you compare it to for an athlete. She's she's up there with the Bradys and the Jordans. I'm putting no, her up I'm there. I'm talking about females. Oh, okay. So um, so I mean, I'm it's tough with females. I'm I'm. Flojo? You know that's why I was thinking Florence Griffith joining. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The other girl too that was good at the Olympics. Wow. So, uh, uh, Mary Lou. Mary Lou Retton. And there's another one. Um, there was another runner. Zola Bud. No, there was another runner, a uh, female. She ran. Uh, Oh my god! I can't believe you said Flojo because I was thinking of her and it just There's didn't come out runner. right away. It's crazy. I think her father was her coach. Uh, I, I, it's, I then of course, I mean, I'm not going to go golf because of the athletic no. part of it. it's not as athletic. But I'm saying the Michelle Wees, yeah. the Nancy Lopez's, they were great no. too. I'm There's just no, no one better than no, this. no. You're right. You're right. And of course, you know, you look at the sports and and she was just 
And of course, we can go back to other tennis players, Billie Jean King. Yeah. There were some really, really great tennis players. Yeah. But of course, I'm going to go with uh, with Serena Williams. She's incomparable. There's, there's nobody like her. And she's Christy, uh, Christy, uh... Chris Everett Lloyd? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Nice job. Nice job yeah. with the tennis. But I think she's wonderful. You know what I feel bad about? You know what's, know what's a shame? Is that her sister, Venus... Doesn't get as much run because she's not her sister. But let me tell you something. Play. Unfortunately, they played at the same in the same era. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. She'd be like considered. We'd who, be talking about her. Who did Agassi marry? That's the other time. Agassi married um Steffi Graf yeah. for a while. That's the other. She's solid. Steffi Graf. Yeah. Then you had the girl who, who who retired, who young, the girl Monica Sellers. Who, who's then you the retired girl? Had a breakdown. She had a nervous breakdown. Jennifer Capriati. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had a breakdown. Well, what happens was when they're pros at 12, it's kind of difficult yeah. to like, when you're 24, you bottom out. It's like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're burnt out. Your father doesn't let you do anything else. doesn't let you go roller skate. Pretty yeah, yeah, so it's like you're, you're burnt already. Yeah. You're toast. Yeah. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Serena Williams. It's a great career. And, and obviously, um, John McEnroe was um, on ESPN earlier tonight, and he talked about what, what he thinks she could do in her last tournament. He said he goes, she's such a competitor. And he actually said, he goes, I don't really know her that well. You would think he would. He said, I don't know her that well. He goes, but she's not there just to be there for her last tournament. She's going to go there and try to win it because that's how, that's how she is. So mm -hmm. maybe she wins a couple of rounds. But he said the women's circuit is at this moment wide open, and he could see her going there and running the table. So all, all the power to her, all the luck to her. She doesn't have to do another thing in the game. She's, she's the greatest of all time at, in her, at her trade. So. All right. This day in sports history, Dean... The dream. Kick it one time. All right, Nail. So um, on this date, August 11th, 1950, I'm, uh, the aforementioned Joe DiMaggio, who I mentioned earlier, the Yankee Clipper, okay? You know, and this is, you know, how I always tie it into something else. I know I'm nuts, but I always tie it into something else. We talked about the immortal. Well, we. You got to get your ducks in order. All right. 40, almost 47 minutes into the chumps. Neil's alluding to something in the pregame, but we always make it happen because we're pros and we put out the best podcast in the Eastern region and possibly in America. But um, no, and I was I want to tie it into something else. We talk about guys that get replaced, guys that maybe get benched, whether it's an injury or lack of play, whether it's Bledsoe, Brady comes in for Bledsoe. But mm -hmm. I also mentioned Lou Gehrig at one point, how mm -hmm. in 1925, he took the place of a guy named Wally Pipp, who nobody really knows about. Mm -hmm. And of course, goes on to play 2,130 games after that. Mm -hmm. Joe D is benched. He's in a 4-for-38 slump in 1950 on August 11. He gets benched for the first time in his career. And he's replaced by a guy, and I'm not going to lie to you. You think I know everybody. I have no idea who Cliff Mapes is. But Cliff Mapes decides to hit a home run in a 7-6 win over the Philadelphia Athletics, okay? And, of course, the rest is history. Joe D does play one more year. He retires in 1951. Um, he's the Yankee Clipper, one of the greatest of all times. But on this, on this date, August 11, 1950, Joe D was benched by his manager in a 4-for-38 slump. Cliff at who? Cliff Mapes. Clifford Mapes. Yep. We could have... No, I'm not doing this. Uh, Clifford Mapes. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes to show these are the guys... What that, number was he? You know? I didn't get Mapes' number. Of course, we know Joe D was number five, yeah. and we talked about him last week. Okay. The Yankee Clipper was benched, and I told you, in 1951, one thing, and you know me, I like to tie things into other things. We talked about Mickey Mantle yeah. earlier in the show about our number sixes. He wore it briefly. 
there was a you offered that. Do you, do you know in the World Series in '51 that like there was a play in the in the alley where Mantle and DiMaggio DiMaggio was, used to play center, but late in his career he moved to left. Now you got the young kid coming up in center. There was a um, what do you call those things in uh, in the outfield that obviously protect the field, like the sprinkler systems. They had something in the ground, okay, where like they didn't see it. So like what happened was what happened was Mantle had a beat on a ball in the World Series, and of course DiMaggio was still wanted to act like I'm the guy. Center fielder calls everything, okay, mm-hmm. unless you're called off. Mm-hmm. He called him off, and I guess um, Mickey pulled up and actually, like, landed, like, awkwardly on that, like, the sprinkler system, mm-hmm. and that's how he hurt his knee. It was never the same after that running, and even though he had a great career, they said he could have stole a lot more bases, but DiMaggio didn't like uh, the Mick. So, all right, we, are, we got 10, 11 minutes left here on the Chumps, and I'm getting the look from Niels, and I know where he's going with this, but I think this was really good stuff, and I, I did some serious research on this, so well, I'm, I'm proud of it. Dean the Dream took the weekend off, and we don't have 10 minutes. We, 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 we have uh, okay. about I respect three. That. About That's three. aggressive play right there on your part. Yeah, all right, so no, no local flavor. No, you I'm not t- play. You took the weekend off. I'm going. I'm applying for the. As you said last week, I'm applying for the waiver, which means that like uh, it's pity. I'll take. I'll take it. Yeah, I just want to ride the A-B. wave. Ab. Yeah. Ab. Ab. Yeah. It's it's pretty much it's. Ab. The end is near. They're going for the ride. By the way, I'm just so as we're just spitballing here, late, late, late innings here on the chumps. Um, there was no hoop Sunday, and I didn't get an answer on that one. It's just I get, I get the text every Saturday, and it just said no ball. Now it could have been could have been he couldn't get ten guys that were willing to play. Who's or, him? Oh, what's that? Who's who? Would you, Joey, as you said, Joey Goombat. So what'd you call him, Joey? <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts. No, Joey Colino runs the. He runs oh, it. Yeah, okay. So so he he said no ball. Now that could mean that there was not enough guys to play, yeah. or that could mean that like there was a tournament going on at the rec center. Tournament. But, um, it's hundred degrees out. There's inside. No, this is inside. We got it's AC. No, 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 no. No, we got AC in there. It's nice. There's so no they, tournaments. It's going a, on it's right a nice play. It's a nice so, play. There's no tournaments. Joey, Joey back at Donuts couldn't get it done. All right, so obviously, just as we can throw it around because we've got a couple of minutes, I can tell you that obviously that hurts because I lose that run and I don't get it back this weekend because I'm going to be at Fenway for the Red Sox and Yankees when the Sox are 20 no, games out. you're going to be at Fenway Saturday. Sunday, you're going to you're Right, but I'm home. staying over and I'm coming home Sunday. I'm not going to oh. miss the run on Sunday. So, uh, And I've got baseball Saturday, Monday, so I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of pr- probably miss like all the sports Wait, that I... Wait, baseball Saturday? I got a game Saturday, which I won't be here for. I won't be here. So obviously that's that's puts a monkey wrench into everything, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, listen, I got another thing. Like you. What's that? So I don't like you, Mister Game. I know I made the plans and I wasn't really like maybe I didn't think it out. You got forced, bullied. You got you got bullied. He's a nice he's a nice bully. Yeah, he's a nice bully. Celebrated his forty six. I'm still waiting for my invite. It's been fifteen years. I haven't got one yet. So I'll leave it at that. No, I got I listen, I gotta admit, I stay I listen, obviously you know I stay out of like all the personal stuff, but it is a little bit odd that you would think that like there would be a bone thrown somewhere nah, in there. A bone. <laughs> like throw me a morsel. Even Costanza said, like rub two pieces of sticks together. Like, nah, give me I something, mean, throw me a bone on my No, they challenged me for celery one night. <laughs> That's a very aggressive play. 51 minutes into the chumps. We're talking. No names mentioned. We're talking celery on bills here. <laughs> Late innings on the chumps. We're still building the brand. We got a, we, listen, it's been a fun, it's been a fun show. It's been a good show. Absolutely. Um, the pregame was a little dicey, but you and I like Can always. We shut seem, it off. We got no, you and I always seem to be able to, I don't know, block it out and put a good show together. And Absolutely. I think that's what it's really all about. If we can do that. And obviously tonight being what? Season two, episode six. So we are now officially 
officially 58 episodes deep on the Sports Chumps, and um, I'm going to turn it over to you. We hold it off on the announcement? I think we should. All right, we're going to hold off on the announcement. Uh, we have a 99% clarification that we are going to be somewhere, and we're going to wait till that other 1% comes in, and it'll probably be kicked in by tomorrow. And of course, Neil, not to interrupt, but like you say, like, but we're still going to be with you. Yeah. Obviously, Facebook Live, you're still going to be able to see us every mm-hmm. week. The Del Cars of the world, the Joe E.T.'s, the people that live for it. And, of course, you can pick up all of our all of our episodes. Just go up to the Sports Chumps, um, and you can email us at thesportschumps at gmail.com. You can go up to our website, the Sports Chumps. Click the link. you got the Spotify link. As Niels would tell you, you can pick us up on iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts. There's many ways to find the Sports Chumps. So we're not go- Yeah, Google just Google us, us like us. The whole nine, we're in season two here. We're in full effect. I'm gonna we're say not this. going anywhere. A loyal listener, Delka, um, after this big announcement, we want you to be the first guest because he's oh, always wow. listening. He always supports us. We can have him do a little, we'll have him do a little Zoom, Zoom in. And we'll can you him. make that happen? I can make that happen. And knowing him, and I haven't, obviously, oh, I told he, you. Oh, he was in the sticks? I told you this before. I haven't seen Delka. Yeah, I said, he said that. I haven't Where seen Delka. You live like, like, what was that movie with John Voight and, uh, with the violin guy, uh, it was it was the crazy... Joe Buck. No, not Joe. No, John Voight was in it. Yeah, and it was like they were in the woods. It, it Burt Reynolds was in it. Oh, that's aggressive. Yeah, right there. It, it was it was like a movie from the seventies. How was that movie? You know the name of it? You no. Know what I'm talking about no. Oh, I got me Google it. That's oh, aggressive. Uh, it was right there. it was Burt Reynolds. I nails is googling classics from the seventies. Reynolds. I mean, I know him from Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, okay. The other one was a Boogie Nights. John Voight. Yeah, Voight was solid. Deliverance. How was it? Oh, sick movie. Really? Yeah. You never saw Deliverance? All, right, all they know is you're still going to get tortured until you see the the Miami, I'm gonna watch the the Miami Vice episode with Bill Russell and yeah. Bernard King from last week. We're having fun here. Right. We're, at the, we're at the end of the line here. Late, 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 late. And all I know is we got our ducks in order tonight. Boy, I'll tell you. you don't, <laughs> Write it. All right, all I'm going to say before I turn it over to Neil to say goodnight here is that he doesn't, like, he does not pass up a chance to, like, zork it one more time because let me tell you something. If I get him once, he's going to get me three times. He's three to my one because let me tell you something. I'm like a punching bag during the week. But <laughs> it's all, last. But it's all, name. it's all for the cause here on the Chumps because it's not a better show and there's not much more fun you can have. We got a lot of good things coming up for us and, and we believe in the brand. My name is Mikey Nails. And I'm Dean the Dream. Nails is flexing. You've been listening to the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, WELH Providence. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. We will see you next week. If you're asking me to say, live a night without you, girl, he's all right. If you really want to know, I'd have to say it's dangerous. I won't believe